0: In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing the 2005 World Changers Church shooting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, the 2005 World Church Changers Uh, I'm sorry, World Changers Church Shooting. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So, let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This is Proverbs 26, verse 18, and it reads like this, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. So, we're going to be discussing a shooting that was... Very bizarre. It was very um, kind of inexplicable. I, I, I'm saying that word wrong, I'm sure, but it was very difficult to understand why this person did what they did. Um, There's little to no evidence to support what might have motivated this behavior. So let's jump right into it. It was about 9 p.m. on Saturday, July 30th, 2005. A man dressed in a suit without a shirt entered the lobby of the World Changers Church in College Park, Georgia, while custodians were sweeping and mopping the floors. He went to the door of the sanctuary and knocked. A security guard came and the man asked to be lit in. He said he was getting married the next morning at the church and asked to use the phone. While dialing, he said things like, They're after me to get the codes, and I'm getting married tomorrow. Before the guards could unlock the door, the man ran past them through the lobby and down a hall to a back entrance. From there, he went into the backstage area. He hid from the guards as was, was ranting, I got the Bible codes. Since he was uncontrollable, the guards, who were unarmed, called 911. They reported that the man was aggressive and refused to leave the premises. A Fulton County police officer responded. The officer attempted to get the man to calm down, but he wouldn't. He kept hiding and moved to a hallway behind the pulpit. When he charged the officer, um, the officer was able to fend him off with a baton, the, um, but then the officer reached for his gun and the man charged again. This time. He tried to grab the officer's gun, and the officer shot the man, fatally wounding him. So, this is just a very bizarre situation, that the guy basically goes there, claims he's getting married, gets past the guards, his behavior is completely random, saying he's got the codes, the Bible codes, and... Um, and being uncontrollable by the unarmed guards. So they call the police, the police show up, there's a struggle. Once the struggle goes to a, you know, a struggle over the officer's gun, he gets fatally shot. So the background of this guy is the guards on duty did not know at the time that the visitor was a former security guard of that church. Um, He was also a big fan of the pastor. He was a seven-year veteran from the U.S. Um, from the U.S. Air Force, and he had served in Iraq. After his discharge, he lived in Atlanta with his wife and son, and worked for the church for eight months before getting a job with a cable company. He was then recalled to the full-time active duty with the Georgia Air National Guard. The day of the incident. The, the killer, the stra- or not the killer, he, he was killed. Um, the stranger visited uh, the stranger and his wife were preparing to move into a new apartment. Um, they decided to drive in separate cars. They agreed they would meet at a restaurant, but he was a no-show. She called and he didn't answer his phone. She went to the apartment and noticed that his Sunday suit was missing. Even stranger, the man called um, called his close cousin and asked her to meet him at the church that the next morning. Putting this together with what he said at the church makes um, it appears as if he was delusional. So basically, he's nothing's making sense here. Him and his wife are in the process of moving from one apartment to another, and. He, they decide they're going to take separate cars, you know, you can imagine, you know, lo- loaded down with all their stuff. They decide they're going to meet at a restaurant, but then he just doesn't show up. So he goes home, apparently he goes back to their first apartment, gets his Sunday suit, puts on his Sunday suit. He puts a, One of the odd things is he had no shirt on, so it was basically, he had his pants and his jacket, no shirt. He then goes to the church, makes these claims that he's getting married in the morning, then that he has these Bible codes, all this strange behavior, and he's ultimately shot by a police officer. And there's no indication anywhere from his wife or witnesses or anybody to even understand what in the world happened here. You know, he was not diagnosed with PTSD, um, though he could have had PTSD for all we know, but the interview with his wife, you know, suggested that there was no signs of mental illness or anguish or anything. There's no problems with their relationship. The, the biggest thing that had occurred is getting recalled into the National Guard, Air National Guard, with the potential of deployment. Um, the next thing was, you know, was he on any sort of drugs? Once again, there's no indications that he was on drugs at all. In fact, his wife said, "If he did take any sort of hallucinogens, it would have been the first time of her ever knowing that he ever used drugs of any sort." Um, it, one, another thought that possibly could be what was going on here um, is potentially it was suicide by cop. I know some of you know that as many as 25% of all police officer you know police officer related shootings um, are suicide by cop. And so, could he have been committing suicide? But once again, why was he on drugs? Did he have some sort of mental break? Did was it PTSD? You know what's going on here? There's no indications at all of what of what was going through this guy's mind. Now he didn't hurt anybody else. Um, it was only he. It was only him that was shot and killed by police for fighting over a gun. Um I my tendency is to think that either it was a sudden inexplicable mental break that potentially turned into a suicide by cop. You know, he had worked there before, so maybe um maybe he knew that if he went there and he provoked them enough, they would call police and maybe he figured if he could provoke police enough that they would shoot him who knows? There's really no answers to this and and this was a thing I mean this was an incident that happened in 2005 so we're talking 17 years ago and there's really no new information to explain it. So the lessons learned that I I feel like we need to focus on is this is we we never know, right? We never know about anybody. We really don't. In this case, this guy was, you know, apparently happily married. Um, He was, you know, a seven-year veteran of the um, Air Force. Um, When he was deployed, he was a staff sergeant. That means he was probably ground support. And if anyone knows about how the military works, generally, the Air Force is very protected by the Army and, or, you know, uh, soldiers because of the expense of the planes and the expense of training pilots and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Air Force is in charge of a lot of logistics type stuff, like, you know, they move um, using the planes, they move equipment, beans, bullets, and all that good stuff. And so you, we wouldn't think that just being in theater, just being in Iraq in, in the area that he was at would have caused any sort of Trauma. Now, people are different. Some people are affected by what some of us would refer to as smaller things, but to them, that was the biggest, worst thing that they've ever experienced. And so for them, it was PTSD, could cause PTSD, where others, you know, have a little bit more resiliency. Um, So maybe the threat of the deployment was acting up. Maybe it was the interruption in his civilian life. We don't know. But at the end of the day, we really don't know. You know, I, you know, talking about dealing with people with mental illness. A lot of times, people will say, "Well, they've, yes, they have some serious problems, but they've never really hurt anyone before." Well, the thing is, is this is there's always the first time, right? Um, and we never know when that time's going to be. So if you're dealing with somebody at the church, and they're showing signs of intoxication or or you know, mental illness, even though they may ne- never have hurt anyone before, that could be the first time. And in this case, maybe suicide, who knows, but either way, um, it was a dangerous situation. And I think that's the other point I wanna focus on is this, is because we don't know, we wanna be quick about calling law enforcement because we don't know if this is that time. We don't know if this person can become violent, and if they're running around saying crazy things like they have the Bible codes, or, or you know, behaving like he's got you know he I, I guess when he was in the Air Force he was like in computers and logistics and stuff like that, um, you know, claiming to have some sort of like you know almost like he's being chased down by you know um, you know foreign agents you know trying to track him down like some sort of you know Hollywood movie. He's perceiving that these things are true, and um, and who you know, we don't know. It's we, but what we do, can suspect or at least believe is that these people are going to continue to get amped up. We can try verbal de-escalation. We can do all those things. We should be doing all those things, but at the same time, calling law enforcement because if it does turn into a use of force scenario and the person becomes physically violent. Now think about this, he did not attack the unarmed security guards, um, people that could have been his former, you know, um, you know, co-workers, not, they didn't recognize him. they didn't know him. but you you get what I'm saying, you know, he could have sympathized with them to some extent, he never, (coughs) he never attacked them, but when the police officer showed up, um, that's when he started to display his violence, and that's why I kind of think it was suicide by cop. But either way, you don't want to be at the receiving end of that. So call law enforcement as soon as possible when you're dealing with somebody who's clearly struggling with, um, you know, mental illness or intoxication. So before I let you go, I do want to talk to you about um, something that's coming up. Um, Starting early August, we're We've been working really hard to refresh, renew, and improve the materials in how we do things here at Sheepdog. Um, I think you're going to be very surprised at the changes that we're making. I don't want to really get too much more into it, but really if you're on our email list or you know, you're a regular subscriber to this program, uh, tune in. we got some great stuff coming down the pipeline. So other than that, if you do like this video, please share it with your friends, um, fellow church members, people from other churches, whatever you got to do, like, comment, subscribe. Um, I'd really appreciate that. And of course, then you don't miss anything because I, you know, I, I guess I feel and maybe that's, you know, (laughs) But I feel like uh, we try to give you the best possible information we can to challenge you, to continue to teach you things, to remind you of things, give you things to talk about with your team and think about. And maybe even, you know, maybe some of this stuff even informs how you write up your policies and procedures and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for uh, being here. And hey, let's be careful out there.